And this is what she missed on Glee. It's Rizzoli and Isles. So, Jane and Mara hate each other, but don't worry, a car accident makes everything better. Patty Doyle! Oh. Yeah. Huh. Sorry, Rex, your man, and Casey. Who cares? Tommy fucked Lydia. We fucked Frank. She gets Fruggers. And now we're all fucked. Diaper changing. Ew. Mara meets Hope, her birth mom, who leaves when she discovers the truth. Baby on a doorstep. And that's what you've missed on Rizzoli Niles. Welcome back to the Rizzoli Niles podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jay. And hiatus is over. Yay! Yay! This was the fastest three months. I mean, it's sort it's totally not like seven days past as the last podcast. Alright. Totally not. Totally. I mean, because we are on this shit. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. And it smells. Oh yeah. It smells? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So, this episode, we are going to be recapping Season 3, Episode 11, Class Action Satisfaction. Say that three times. <laughs> Class a- yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't even get to the action. Class Action Satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> well done. So, we had a cafe. And Angela's talking with a customer. And they go on and on, and Stanley, of course, is in the background yelling at Angela about certain things and saying to other customers, you can't bring in other food and drink. While this is going on, the customer starts coughing up blood and passes out on the floor. So Angela's like, call for help, call for help. And then Corsac is there, and he's trying to help, but the customer dies. So I didn't see that guy dying. I should have, but I didn't see it coming. I was like, wait a minute. Is he a cop? I thought he was a cop at first. Did you think he was a cop? No, I didn't think he was a cop. Really? Mm-mm. Only cops like ate of that cafe. No. <laughs> the department. Let's just randomly go to this cafe in the police department and eat there with all the other cops. Well, remember that Angela is a good cook and a lot of people, that long line when she had those, uh, pancakes and she was serving other food yeah but i just assumed they were cops from uh, the building i'm just saying if angela knew how to make a great cuban sandwich i am not gonna be like oh i'm not gonna go in this place because it's a police station i don't know i guess i just have a really guilty conscience even if i haven't done anything wrong and i would be like you know what they're gonna arrest me the moment i step foot in that place for no reason (laughs) so we head to morris place and jane is in pajamas what? <laughs> Pink pajamas, to be more clear. But it's Angela's pajamas, not hers. But still, they were pink. I think when you're tired, you don't really care, especially if you're, like, watching a baby. Like, I will wear, like, a football team jersey that I hate. If I'm really tired, it's like, <laughs> you're taking and you have, like, spit up and puke on you, and you're like, ah, I don't really care about the color of the pajamas. But I just like this, like, she's there drinking instant coffee. And then all of a sudden, like, it, let's just say, the average viewer who forgot last episode about the baby, and they're watching this, and they see Jane in pajamas, and then you see Mara in pajamas. You think, oh, they're still tired because of all the sex they were doing. So, anyway, Jane is drinking coffee, but Mara comes up, and she's like, oh, you made me coffee, and she takes a drink, and she spits it 
back into the cup and was like, instant? You served me instant? She's just absolutely appalled. And James just looks at her like, dead eyes. Just be glad it's not Drano. Mara's like, come on, I told you the, the coffee porn in the last episode. You know it takes me four hours to make coffee. I can see Mara, I don't know if you've ever seen Breaking Bad, but there's this one guy who makes, like, the perfect cup of coffee with all this, like, contraptions, like a Rube Goldberg coffee maker. And I can see Mara just owning one of those. So Tommy comes in with the baby. Dan immediately, like, takes the baby from him and is, like, doing baby faces and walking back and forth. And I'm just, Mara's just, like, staring at her with these, with these goo-goo eyes. Just imagining what it'd be like if that baby were theirs. I know, I noticed that too. I mean, cause especially Tommy was like, oh, she's really good with this baby thing. And Mara's like, yeah, she is, isn't she? And I'm like, what's going on here? And she's just like, I don't, the look that she's giving Jane is just, yeah, it's not a look that two best friends would be giving each other. So Mara makes some Wikipedia comment about elephants, ants, and grandmothers and mothers were raise the child, Jane says she wishes they were elephants. But she would deny it if you say that she said that. Yeah, of course, because she would deny everything. I mean, she would deny making goo-goo eyes at a baby, so... Then the phone of death rings. Jane reaches one-handed to pick up the phone while she's holding the baby the other hand, and Tommy freaks out and goes, one-handed, let me try that! Poor Tommy. Poor Tommy. This is the same dude that thought taking a DNA test was gonna hurt. Ah, uh, yes. When Jane's like, it's just a cotton swab. <laughs> okay, so Jane and Mara, they leave to go to the cafe after receiving a text. And Mara's like, uh, we can't wear this to work. And Jane's like, okay, we'll change in the car. This is their second or third, fourth time. I don't know how many times they've changed in the car. They leave Tommy with the baby and Tommy's like, Jane, no, don't leave me. Come on, Jane. Jane, they're like, two hands, two hands. And then leaves. Yeah. Jane, she's like, two hands, you'll wake the baby. So they get to the cafe, and Jane's just talking to her mom, making sure that she's okay, finding out, you know, what happened with the dude and why he's dead. Mm-hmm. And Stanley, of course, is throwing a huge conniption fit about unlawful search and seizures or some shit. Yeah, because Ansha thinks that he was poisoned with this food. Like, it's extreme food poisoning, I'm guessing, because that is extreme. So they're looking over the victim, and he had a picture of a little kid and Corsac's phone number. And Mara wants to test the food to see if that's the cause for his death. But the food has disappeared. Nobody knows where it went. But I know where it went, because Stanley has guilty face. Oh, yeah. He has this look like, I didn't do it. I don't know what's going on. Like, I was like, oh, gosh. Stanley all of a sudden has chest pains, which you could tell that was totally fake. Perfect timing, Stanley. Once they're asking, where's the food? Jane gets all huffy, and she's like, Mara, just go make sure he's not faking it. So we head to Mara's place. Tommy's still with the baby. Frankie comes by to try to help, and Tommy starts freaking out, and Frankie's like, what's the problem? He's like, okay, so I was sleeping, and the baby was on my chest, and then I woke up, and he was on the floor. No, he didn't say that. Yeah, he accidentally dropped the baby, but the baby landed on a pillow. Yeah, we didn't say anything about the baby on the floor. No, he said it. He said I was sleeping and the baby was in my chest and he rolled off. Oh, right, right, right. Frankie's like, oh my god, he his head. And Tommy goes, no, he landed on the pillow. And then Frankie's like, he just does this exasperated. Ugh. And but Tommy's like, what if he can never ride a bike or anything? 
And he goes on and he's like, I don't know if I could do this. I don't think I could be a dad. Tommy's legitimately concerned and Frankie's just like, oh my god, you're a moron. And that's when Lydia and her mom comes by and they take the baby. Tommy wanted Frankie to stop, but Frankie's like, there's no law against them from taking the baby because that's her child. I guess that was, I guess maybe that could be a purpose for the scene is to determine, you know, that Lydia technically didn't abandon the child because she left or left the baby with his family. One good part about the scene, though, Lydia's mom is asking, you know, who is the father? And she turns to Frankie. She's like, are you the father? And Frankie's like, no, I'm not the father. And then she turns to Tommy. and She goes, are you the, you the father? And Frankie's like, well, or, or Tommy goes, well, I might be. <laughs> <laughs> And we were all saying, we're like, you are the father. It's so obvious how this storyline is going. So we head to the morgue. Mara is talking about cuckoo birds, like how they raise their young. And then they had this whole debate of cuckoo birds raising versus elephants. And elephants, maybe the elephants has a better way of raising babies. Because a cuckoo bird, how they raise their, their young is they put their eggs in another bird's nest. But before they do that, they knock the other eggs out of the nest so that only their babies are in the nest. <laughs> and Jane looks at her like, so we're going to go give TJ to some other family and then take the other kids? And she just like pauses and Mara's like, maybe we should stick to the elephant analogy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to go through this Mari shit. You are not the father. But this baby has been in the house and I can't find the kids. I don't know what's going on. Next, we see Mara holding a bowl of partially digested food. And then we hear ding, ding, ding. Let's play the game of guess that partially digested food. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that looks so gross. They're like sticking their face in this bowl. Like Jane goes, ooh, ooh, are those eggs? And Mara's like, ooh, good guess. And then she's like looking in there, she's like, ooh, what's this? Jane goes, pancakes? And Mara's like, good job. <laughs> and they're still guessing, and then Jane's like, ooh, what do I get as a prize? And I was like, oh, boobs. <laughs> boobs. Jane starts, or Mara starts commenting about frappuccinos and cappuccinos and a, wait, no, a frappe and a cappuccino make a frappuccino entire yeah, I guess. I mean, go figure. Frappe, cappuccino. Frappuccino! <laughs> exactly. And then she's all of a sudden, she's like, tank! And then Jane's like, tank? She's like, Tommy plus Frank equals tank. And then, perfect timing, Susie walks in. And so Jane goes, she literally, she stops, hang on, we're being interrupted by something relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Cute Dr. Chang walks in, and Jane stops and looks at Susie and she goes, hello, Susie. <laughs> and Susie kind of looks at Jane and is like, hello, detective. There's this moment where, where Dr. Chang was talking about the results saying that it was rat poison in his system that caught, that killed him, that killed the victim. And while she's doing this, Jane looks at Susie and Susie looks at Jane and give each other like, what? Like this look. Like... No, no, no. Okay. So here's, here's how that scene goes because I know exactly what you're talking about because I noticed that too. So Susie walks in with the tax results, and she says that um, he, he was poisoned with warfarin. And Jane goes, what's warfarin? And then before Maura can say anything, Susie turns and says, it's an anticoagulant. And Jane kind of looks like she's going to make some smart-ass comment to Maura, but then turns and realizes that Maura didn't say it. Susie said it. And she kind of, like, Susie and Maura just, like, stared, or I'm sorry, 
Susie and Jane just stare at each other, and then they go back to their conversation. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, that was awesome. I really liked that scene. Angie Harmon and um, the actress that played Susie Tina. did an amazing job. T- yeah, was it Tina is her name? Yeah, Tina. That whole morgue scene was just perfect. I don't know who wrote that scene, but they need a promotion, and I want whole episodes by that person. <laughs> I agree. And a demotion on the person who wrote the last episode. So we head to the cafe, and Jane tells Stanley and Angela to leave the crime, uh, to leave the cafe because it's a crime scene. And Mara tells uh, Susie to look for rat poison if there's any in the cafe. She goes in the kitchen, and she finds like a huge container of rat poison. Just sitting on the counter. Why would there be rat poisoning sitting on the counter? It's so, it was just, she's like, I found it. It's just, it's almost like one of those scenes, that scene where she's like, where everybody's like, Tommy did it. But Jane, you know, she walks out and she's like, I found it. And Jane's like, wait, where's Tommy? He's not here. Okay, he's home with the baby. Okay, so he didn't do it. Fingerprints is here. It's like they're so blatantly trying to frame Stanley, but we know it's not Stanley. Come on. We don't know who the killer is. Still, because I, I have to say, I was kind of impressed with this episode. The killer was not in the scene, and I was like, yes, 12 minutes in. I still don't know who the killer is. Yay! <laughs> we have no idea what's going on. I was like, well, I don't know who the killer is, but I know it's not Stanley. So, yeah, so now Stanley is being investigated because of that. Jane gets all pissed and is like, Stanley, you're coming with me. And she turns to Angela, and she's like, you're going to stay here. You're not under arrest, Mom, but Corsac, Detective, would, no, she called him Detective Corsac, is going to take your statement. And she's like, come on, Stanley. Stanley starts storming out, and he's all like, I have the right to remain silent. Anything I say can and will be used against me in a court of law. I'm like, what the fuck? Is he reading himself his own rights? <laughs> and the capital of California, Sacramento. <laughs> so we had to change desk. The team are looking, trying to figure out what's going on. And so the victim, the victim was at an AA meeting, and they said the picture that he had of the kid is not his kid. So now we head to the church, and we see a guy. He's talking about his issues and problems. And with Rizzoli knowledge, you got to remember everyone. You have to remember the background people. you got to remember everyone, because everyone is a potential suspect. So in my head, I was like, okay, he's a lawyer. I'll keep him in my head. I totally didn't think of him as a suspect. I wasn't even paying attention at that point. He still was like, ah, baby and Jane and Mara, it's just okay. So there's a woman, and she's like, hey, Vince, and she kisses Corsac, and Corsac has this look like, what the fuck is going on? So when a woman kisses you on the mouth, obviously there's some kind of deep connection, but Corsac can't remember who the fuck she is. <laughs> And Frost is just standing there like, damn, Corsac, so many women, you don't even know who this one is? <laughs> but apparently it was his first wife. And the reason why they he forgot is because it's been 40 years since that happened, since they got divorced. And they were only married for three weeks, because he was at Vietnam. So she apologized for leaving him. So apparently it was 40 years ago. Okay, fine. I can understand him not recognizing her after 40 years. But how did she still have his number? Had number not changed in 40 years? I think it was a number for his office, not his personal office. Like, but that's true. I guess it sh- kind of shows that she's been pining for him that long. Like, has the same number from the Boston Police Department. 
Dang, 40 years of pining for the same person? Damn, you got a bag. <laughs> More than Usher. Sorry. I'd be like, you know what? No. <laughs> 40 years. But they start asking Dana about the victim. His name was Bill. Bill. Oh, Capitol Hill. And... You know, the victim's name was Phil. I thought it was Bill. No, it was Phil. Is it Phil or Bill? Bill. Are you sure it's not Bill? I'm pretty sure, because they called him Philip at one point, I thought. So they so they ask Dana about Phil, and she starts explaining, like, it was her who gave Corsac's number, and the reason why is because Phil needed to talk to a cop, and that he was always with this blonde, tall woman. So we hit the Mars office. We have Frankie, Jane, and Mara. They're all talking about Lydia taking the baby and how to get the baby back. And Jane wants to raise TJ. Oh, I know. Okay, so they're talking about getting TJ back. And Mara's like, you want to raise TJ? And Jane's like, well, sort of. <laughs> and the look she has on her face is so adorable. If she had given me that look, I'd be like, you can have all the babies you want. Just don't look at me like that. Don't, please. I know. She's like, well, not all the time. Like, not full time. Maybe some of the time. And it was the cutest little face. And Mara's like, giving her this face like, really, Jane? No, Mara's giving her this face like, let's go make babies right now. <laughs> We're gonna try to do it by ourselves, but it's not gonna work, but we're gonna try. It happened once before, let's do it again. <laughs> and it's like, next episode, ding dong, yes! <laughs> the stork just leaves a baby on the doorstep. This so- one's a girl! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome. I mean, just the. Because Jane has this kind of like guilty, I really want the baby, but don't hate me look on her face. <laughs> she does. It's so cute. It is a cute baby, though. Yeah. So that's when Dr. Chain comes in, and she has results saying the victim was poisoned by whatever he ate. Mm-hmm. And if we were keeping a tally, we would say that this is the third time we've seen Dr. Chang in a scene. Oh, yeah. But we're not keeping count. Oh, no. <laughs> totally not. Yes, we are. We like Dr. Chang. Oh, oh, and we totally missed it. I forgot. So I like it. Okay, so we're going to go here and we're going to touch on what we previously talked about in our last podcast real quick. About a character other than Jane and Mora being, you know, like, kind of taking a, a step further into the forefront. They're doing that now. I'm so excited. It seems like every, every episode we see a little bit more and more. They also had a quick one-liner about, what's her face? Riley, why she's not in this episode. And I... I literally, I was like, golf clap, writers, golf clap, because you actually gave us a one-liner instead of them just disappearing the entire episode. That's right. Riley is back at the drug unit. Yeah, they needed her back at the drug unit, so she's working with them indefinitely? I don't know. I don't know. But I, you know what? I'd rather that than to kill her off, so she can have potential to, uh, to come back every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'd be kind of mad because I'd be like, you know what? That's dumb because she took Frankie's spot on the homicide and she's just working back with the drug unit. But at the same time, I'm like, thank you, writers, for at least giving us some sort of continuity. I appreciate it. Even though it happened the day after. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, you got promoted. And then the next day, oh, you're going back to where you were. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your promotion. Now go do the job again. <laughs> So then Jane is asking Frankie to help them on the case by going through the trash and looking for the food that the victim ate. And Frankie's like, really? Come on. Jane's like, come on, please. So Frankie goes. 
Frankie's like, if I got promoted to homicide, I wouldn't be doing this shit. <laughs> and, and, uh, and really, he would. <laughs> <laughs> Jane would still make him go do it. <laughs> oh, yes. So then there's a window where the bookshelf was. And Jane's like, really, that's the reason why you moved the bookshelf is to check out the guys? Mars like, waving at, at the guy. And Jane is like, oh, great, this is going to be fun. Well, Mars' excuse, though, was to see the bodies coming in. Which is a lie. Yeah, she just wanted to check out the paramedic. So we head to the morgue. And speaking of, when I saw Alex, it was good to see him again on the show because this is the second time. The first time, it was it was a really short scene, but it was when we introduced to Erection Man. But this time, I was so happy he had more of a oh more my- scene because I was like, oh my god, it's Agent, Agent McSweden. I didn't... I didn't... Oh! That's perfect. I totally forgot because I'm like, why does that guy look familiar? Where have I seen him before? That's why I like Alex. A lot of people were like, oh, probably some people were like, oh, another guy on the show. I like Alex because I'm so biased because he plays Agent, Agent McSweden on Leverage. I love his character on Leverage. So it doesn't matter what show he's on. I'm be like, oh, my God, McSweden. Or, or some people like to call him McSweetie, because he is a sweetheart. But Mara tries to flirt with Alex. Is she Alex? I don't think she was. I think she was. She was trying to get to know him a little bit better. Well, she was trying to familiarize with him, but I don't... No, I don't, I don't think she was really flirting, flirting with him openly. And then he interrupted her, though, and it's like, Ooh, is that a Christine blah blah blah? She's like, yes. <laughs> Like yeah, I know it's because of the pattern. It's really, it's really good. And so Jay's like, "Oh, you should be a fashion designer." And he's like, "Well, actually, I do sit. Uh, I do sit. I do sew, knit, crochet, and bead." He's like, "I have good fine motor skills. It's a gift." And you see Jane looking at Mara. Mara looking at Jane. Like, okay. <laughs> he's barking up the wrong tree there. <laughs> Which I was cracking up because before that he talked about he just got accepted to medical school. And my first instinct though was when he said he crochets knits and beads. I was like, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna be a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of stitches and stuff. Yeah, but I have a feeling he also likes fashion too. Well, obviously, if he knew who designed the skirt, yes. I was I was waiting for him to be like, make it work. <laughs> So everybody's like, I like Project Runway. I go to the Fashion Week every single year. So Mara's looking over the body, and she notices some things. So she's like, don't panic, but it's a code red. And so she presses this button, and they run to the lab, like, right across the hall. And the CDC is there. Is it the CDC? Uh, who else would it be? I don't know. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Elemental P. identified did he he just said something captain with the blah 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 and i was like what because i couldn't hardly understand him with the mask on i know he's like i'm blah 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 what yeah exactly but most likely it's the cdc i mean anything biohazard or something they'll most likely show up like a standoff be swat you know so anyway this is probably one of my most favorite scenes though and not because they get naked and take a shower i like this scene because Mora's like, okay, strip, and we're going to shower down. And Jane's like, 
what? And then she kind of immediately looks at Alex, and Alex is yawning, like, oh, nothing to see here. Move along. And Jane just has this look on her face that she's offended, that she's stripping in front of him, and he's not paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) So Jane goes over, and she, like, sets this trash can on top of this, I don't know, bowl thingy to make the trash can higher to kind of block where they have to take a shower because the whole front of that lab is glass. I never came to be modest like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. I also love, it was like, another thing, it's moments like that where you probably realize, okay, this often needs some blinds. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> it's all glass. Like, you have no, I mean, at the time you're thinking, well, you don't need blinds because so you don't need privacy to do lab results. But if that happens again, you're like, you know, we really need to invest in some blinds. But I, I mean, I just have to say, Angie did a great job in this scene. I mean, the comedic timing and her expressions were so funny. I could not stop laughing. Oh, yeah. I was I was dying pretty much, too. And she's taking off her clothes. And then, but I have to say, like, I knew about the this, this shower scene, but I did not know. I did not expect, like, <laughs> Mara just to take off her shirt. I didn't expect that. When that happened, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Alex is standing there in her, his boxers, and Jane's like hunched behind the trash can with her shirt off. <laughs> like, wow. I was like, I'll be in my bunk. And then I was actually reminded of Lonely Island. It's not gay if it's in a three-way. <laughs> like, that'd be the perfect, perfect Jane and Maura start. You know, let's just have this guy here showering with us and ignore him and just like yeah focus on jane and maura there we go and that's what i was also thinking i was like if alex wasn't there jane wouldn't be freaking out as much i mean she would probably still have like the cover try to do the cover thing but it wouldn't be the point where she because the, the majority of the time it wasn't like she was scared of uh, being naked in front of maura it was more like okay there's a guy there i don't want to do this in front of alex mm-hmm. which she has no problem getting naked in front of maura of course not but, okay, so, and then they do a cut shot to Jane finishing showering, and she's standing there with a tiny towel in front of her, and all I'm thinking is, half-naked Angie, Mora can see those legs. <laughs> because it, all it's covering is her front. I, the only thing I can think is it's covering from her chest down to, like, just below her hips. That towel was tiny. And so she's, like, moving around and pushing the trash can over to Mora's desk so she can talk to Mora, still hiding behind the trash can from everybody and Alex. Jane and Mora think Alex are, is gay, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Susie comes running up and she's like, Alex, are you okay? And then he, like, she pushes her, her uh, hand to the glass and Alex is like, I'm okay, baby. I'm okay. <laughs> I swear I wasn't looking. <laughs> I just want to knit and crochet right now. Are my knitting needles okay? <laughs> But yeah, and then Frankie Frost are updating Jane on the case, and Jane, now Jane had to move again from Mara to the front, and Frost is like, we can wait, and she's like, no, tell me everything. And so you have trash can, towel Jane, nothing, (laughs) (laughs) computer monitor, Mara. (laughs) So Mara had a direct line of sight to Jane's ass, naked. She's probably glancing back and forth from the computer screen to the ass, the computer screen. 
Oh, I have no idea yet, or I have no doubt she never peeled her eyes away from the ass. Stare the entire time. And what's so funny, I don't know if it was on purpose or the director wrote or something, it's just like, out of all the spaces she could be, it's right in front of Mara. I don't know, but I remember, the, that's the first thing I thought when she moved that trash can right in front of Mara's desk, and I was like, oh my god, she is directly in front of Mara and she has no pants on. Whoever did that, I think they were just fucking with us again. They were <laughs> like, <laughs> let's see if they pick up on this. <laughs> Evil laugh. I got some titties. I got, I got some titties. Okay. But basically, it was nothing serious. They can get their clothes back. He, Yeah, and the, the CDC guy was kind enough to save Mora's skirt before it went into the auto wash. <laughs> and Mora's like, yay! And Jane's like, good for you. And so he's like, here's your clothes to Jane. And Jane's like, just stay right there. Just hand, hand, hand them to me. No, no. Well, you you skip the part where he hands the dre- the skirt back to, to Mora, and Mora's all excited about her skirt, and Alex is like, oh, thank goodness they saved the skirt. <laughs> he was even relieved that the CDC guy saved the skirt. But then, and that's when he gives Jane her clothes, and Jane is like, "You just, over there, stay right there, and in hand, and, he gets the clo- and she gets the clothes. And so this is the part that made me laugh so much harder. She she has the clothes, and then she has to still has the trash can in front of her, and she does this little move where she grabs the trash can and like swivels <laughs> from the door, you know, like just she has this look like huh, and then swivels like yeah back behind the little corner. <laughs> that was so funny. Like that. Oh man, Angie did a great job on that part. She's like, thanks, swivels. <laughs> I, I agree. She that scene was just so much. It was hilarious, but it it must have been really fun for them. It must have been. And and another thing, I doubt she was really naked. Naked, maybe from like the chest area, but I doubt. I mean, she probably had something like yeah shorts or something. Right. Well, because they never went below the leg or below the hip, so she could have had some had some like low cut tan colored underwears on. I don't know. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I wouldn't be able to concentrate. I would be laughing so hard. And I wonder, she said that she has three tattoos. So uh, we have, I'm guessing it's not on her back because there was no tattoos. Oh, Angie has yeah. three? They're probably in the hip area. Maybe she has one on her butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, so that would explain why, how Sasha knows where they're located. <laughs> I could see, yeah, I could see her one with like on her ankle or something. Have we seen her ankle yet? No, there's not her. It's not her ankle either. Maybe they covered it up. I didn't see anything covered up. Me neither. Anyway, back to Jane's desk. Jane and Frost are teasing Corsac for not recognizing his own wife. And then Angela comes by, and she found the victim coffee cup because she remembered that Stanley doesn't allow people to have their own outside drinks. And I'm I'm shouting at my TV. Oh my God! Fucking finally! Because I knew I knew right from the very first thing when they were like. Oh, it could have come from some other stars. I'm like, hello, the coffee cup that he threw out in the first scene. Why am I the only one knowing this? I mean, they kept talking about it in the first scene. I was like, I, that must be a clue. Exactly. When he made, when Stanley made such a big deal about no coffee cups, no outside drinks. <laughs> the cup had a big, like, Blue's Clue paw print. <laughs> <laughs> one from Blue and one from Magenta. <laughs> Okay, so coffee cup. I'll write that, draw that on my handy dandy notebook.
So we head to the interrogation room. Corsac is interviewing Dana because Dana has more information. That she didn't tell them to begin with. I would be kind of mad. I mean, she's not being honest with him. But I still didn't think she was a suspect. Like something told me it's not. She's not. It's not her. No, I. I didn't. I didn't think of her as a suspect either. I mean, clear she, clearly, clearly, she wasn't because I didn't have her in the suspect interrogation room. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because they have one where they put the suspect, and then they have the one where they just do the interviews. But she was going on and on saying that the victim was scared and saying that he had blood on his hands. And he has been sober for five years. And she kept mentioning the kid. Oh, yeah. You know, he was blaming himself for the kid and everything. And so then we head back to the morgue. And this is so cute. So you see Jane peeking in the window. And you hear Mara say, it's safe. (laughs) (laughs) So Mara is looking over one of the bodies. And Susie comes in. And Susie, all of a sudden, she just mentions, so me and Alex, we met at like a nudist retreat. Oh, God. Okay, so at this part, she's like, you know, I don't want to be too, you know, too much information for my boss, but me and I, yeah, Alex and I met at a nudist retreat, and I was like, wow. <laughs> and forevermore, she is no longer cute Dr. Chang. She is Susie the nudist. <laughs> <laughs> Henceforth, that's what she will be called. Oh, that kind of has a good ring to it. So, Susie the nudist is going on about how, you know, Mora would be more than welcome to join them, and Mora's going on about the benefits of being naked, and, you know, you have less of a chance of contracting Lyme disease if you go hiking naked. <laughs> <laughs> and Susie kind of looks at Jane like, would you, will you be coming? <laughs> and Jane's like, oh no. Not gonna happen. But yeah, but apparently the results Susie had was that the coffee in the coffee, like the coffee cup, had traces of the poison, and that's what that's where the poison come from. It wasn't from the cafe; it was from this coffee shop. Oh wait, uh, sorry, I wanted to mention something. Okay, go ahead. So as I'm taking notes, I happen to look down at my sh- my paper bag and look back up just in time to see. When when Susie offered to let Mora come to the nudist colony with them, Mora is licking her lips. Did you notice that? Really? He did. Yes. Like literally, right after Susie invites her, Mora kind of like licks her lips in. I don't know if it was in anticipation or what, but she's like, you know, and <laughs> she just goes on about you know the benefits of being <laughs> nude. I was like, what? I don't know if that was just an accidental lip flick by the actress or if it was intentional. I don't know because there have been, it's, it seems like to me that Sasha licks her lips a lot. I've seen well, scenes where she does. It was a very prolonged lip licking. Just saying. It lasted like two seconds. Usually, you know, you lick your lips is pretty quick. I mean... <laughs> It was like all tongue on the upper lip and everything. Fifty Shades of Jane. Wow. Uh, I have to. Look, I have to. I have to go back and, and see that. Oh yeah, you should. Because I paused and like even went back to watch it again to make sure that I didn't like think it was longer than it was. Interesting. So, so about the coffee cup, I apologize, but I, I had to bring that up because I forgot I wrote that in my notes. 
That's fine. Okay, so Mora makes a comment on how many calories in our, are in a, a frappe, and it's like 1,500 calories or something like that. I don't remember. It was a lot. And she makes a comment about no wonder he had so much adipose tissue. And I freaked the fuck out because I was like, ha ha! One of the benefits of watching Doctor Who is knowing exactly what adipose is. <laughs> Not Doctor Who again. No. And I was like, win, 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 win. Because who can say they know what adipose is because of Doctor Who? A lot of people. Yes! So what does that mean? Um, adipose is, like, body fat. Like, it's basically just another... Adipose tissue is another way of, you know, defining body fat. It's like the clinical term. Gotcha. So adipose tissue is, like, the tissue that contains your body fat. Well, now I know. Now you know. Okay. So we had such a brick, and there's Jane... Frost and Corsac, and they're still figuring out who's the killer. They're looking at the picture of the kid, and so Jane asking Frost to look up like a hit and run from five years ago. He was in the hidden, uh, he got hit by the victim. I mean, well, the victim lawyer says that his vehicle was stolen, so it wasn't really him, so he, he didn't really get prosecuted for it, but the kid is still paralyzed. And so Frankie comes in and saying that Tommy wants the whole family to meet at Jamie, at Jamie's, uh, to meet at Jane's place, and so Corsac and Frost said, "Okay, we'll, we'll get, we got this. Uh, you go to your apartment." And Jane's like, "No, I'll go with Corsac to the coffee shop, and then I'll go home." And that's when we head to the coffee shop. Okay, so Jane is talking to Corsac and saying, "I can't understand why Dana will leave you while you're at at the Vietnam War." And this is when I was like, okay, hmm, that's really funny because Casey was in Afghanistan while you were fucking Dean. So, hypocrite much? That is a great point. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. I was like, seriously, Jane? Do you just say that seriously? Okay. Okay, Jane, sure. So then they go to the counter and the cashier, and so she is saying she knows Phil, but she only recognizes them by, like, she only knows their their coffee order. Yes. That part was amazing. Okay, I don't know. Okay, so I immediately, when I saw that part, I paused the episode and was like, who wrote this episode? Because I want to go and just kiss them. Every single part about this episode I have loved so far. Because it has been good. It reminds me of, like, the old Rizzolian Isles. I, there is, like, no complaints about this episode. Right. For me. Because this dialogue is just so fan-fucking-tastic. When she was, like, five pumps, five pumps extra coffee, or extra <laughs> chocolate, whatever. And she's just, like, rattling on. She's like, what'd she say, non-fat... Skim, latte, no foam, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. She just, like, rattled this off on, you know, who each of the customers were. And I was just in heaven. And I had to find out who wrote this. And I was kind of torn because the two writers that wrote this episode also wrote that horrible episode, Crazy For You, the one where Jane gets kidnapped. 
So I was like, I don't know whether I want to demand more episodes by these writers or if maybe they're just like one for one right now and hopefully they will continue on this track. Maybe it was something they drank the first time. Maybe they were drunk the first episode they wrote. And now this is how this is how what happens when you're sober. Well, maybe they were sober the first time they wrote, and this is what happens when they're drunk. Yeah, something changed. I don't know, but I hope from now on it stays the same. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, yeah, I, I was just enthralled with this scene. It was just awesome. Yeah, but she's going on, and that's how she recognizes the customers, which is great. One of them was the blonde lady, the mean blonde lady. They keep talking about this blonde lady he was with. And even at that moment, I was like, it's not her. I just had, I was like, no, that's too obvious. They had a big fight, so apparently, yeah, no, no. But anyway, they go to Jane's apartment, and the whole family is there, and they're talking about sharing custody of TJ, or Mario, but it's TJ. I don't know. I don't like either of them. I think TJ is better. Because Mario, all I think about is Mario and Luigi. That's all I think. Which, if it was Mario... Did you have a scene of like Mario and ju- and jumping on bass? Just... <laughs> nice. And then Bash is like spinning around the room, bouncing off shit. <laughs> and they're like, ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> no, but then, but then Tommy would have to have another kid with Li- with Lydia and be like, it's the Luigi. <laughs> it's Mario and Luigi. Waluigi. <laughs> and then there's another kid is like Wario. Bass somehow was in this biohazard lake and turns into a Yoshi. He could, he could be Koopa Troopa. Koopa. Koopa Troopa. Yeah, you remember Koopa? Have you not played Mario Kart? You can drive as you can be like Koopa Troopa. I've played Mario Kart up uh, Mario Kart. Mario Kart and I've always was Toad. Oh god. No, not Toad. Koopa. Toad was the Toad was the one that had the smaller cart, and I will always win. See, Koopa kind of looks like Yoshi, but he's got a turtle shell on his back. <laughs> I don't remember him. I'll research it. I'll research it. But yeah, like, Joe Friday is Yoshi. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, Tommy goes and announced that he's the father, and we're like, duh. Yeah, we saw that one coming. Since episode two... Since episode forever? Since first season? No, I'm kidding. Oh, I mean, Tommy did it. <laughs> and then this is this is the part where when this happened, I gasped and was like, no way. I can't believe I called this. If you recalled the last podcast, we were talking about baby stuff in nursery rhymes. And I made a joke that that's what happened to Tommy. They put him in the fucking tree and he hit his head. <laughs> so I'm watching this episode and Angela is like, well, there was one time I dropped Tommy. And when she said that, I was like, no way. Uh, that was pretty classic because after she said that, she was like, I dropped you once. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> and it was the craziest thing. I was like, Holy crap. I mean, I mean, talk about a coincidence, but still, I was like, did I just say that joke, like, a couple days ago? 
And, and then Frankie said the exact same thing, like, oh, is that what happened? Huh. And I actually screamed. I was like, called it. So Angela was saying, no, you're fine. You know, you just hurt your lip and you started crying and I was crying, but you're good. You're totally okay. I mean, you don't use condoms and all. That could be an, another, that could be a side effect from dropping you in the head. But everything, everything else, you're fine. But yeah, she goes on and she says she has a plan to get TJ back. Oh, God. She's not going to try to get them to get back together, is she? <laughs> I was immediately worried. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If she does, I called that shit. <laughs> and if that happened, she's like, did you remember when we just mentioned this? so crazy. But we head to the cafe, and Jane and Mara, they're talking, and Jane's worried about Angela's plan, and... Mara's like, oh, you know, Angela's good at planning, and <laughs> Jane's like, yeah, but she's like Tommy when it comes to that planning stuff, so, and so Mara says something, and Jane's like, no, say it this way, it's much cooler. No, Mara says, we're going to defense condition one, and Jane goes, no, Mara, Defcon one, and I started cracking up when she's like, defense condition one. Obviously, Mara has never watched any sci-fi movie ever <laughs> because they are notorious for the go to defcon one <laughs> <laughs> and then she does say it very slowly though she's like defcon one and jane's like yes that's me. yeah at that moment i was like they were gonna do like another code red and just strip off their clothes and so stanley's there looking all guilty and crap and he's like arrest me i have to confess and I've also noticed, okay, the, throughout this whole episode, since the beginning about the coffee and things about he got poisoned because some, someone put something in his coffee, it's mighty funny that all the other characters were still drinking coffee. Like, <laughs> and I know that the coffee didn't come from the cafe, but if something happened like that, and I was, and I was in the situation where someone was like, oh, someone died because they drank cherry Coke. I would not drink cherry coke for a long time or ever. You are so weird. Why would you? Okay, obviously it wasn't the cherry coke that killed them. It was something in the cherry coke. Yeah, but isn't it like that? He was drinking the coffee, and there was something in the coffee. I, I'll be like a little wary. Like, okay, maybe I should not drink coffee at least for a bit until I feel like this case is solved, and we don't have to worry about this one anymore. No. I guess I'm the only one. Yeah, you are, because you're kind of weird. So we head to the interrogation room. Stanley is confessing that he stole the food, and he gives it back. Fucking no, Stanley. Go away. <laughs> and he gives it back, and, and Jane is like, oh, you better have a good legal team, because this is just horrible. <laughs> They're all laughing about it. It was really funny. But he's not going to get in trouble, but he's going to have to give uh, Angela a raise and stop calling her Rizzoli. Oh, God. When Corsac did that impression of Stanley, when he was like, Drazzoli! <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up. So we head to the brick. We have Frost and Jane, and they're looking at the coffee shop video. And they see the victim and the blonde lady, and they're fighting. But there's no audio. And so Jane calls Frankie, because apparently when he was a kid, he could he's really good at reading lips. I mean, he still is, apparently, I guess. Maybe, kind of. And he almost, he was almost a professional baseball player, but he got injured. So, he, Frankie's saying that the guy was saying, I didn't want to get sucked into this. 
because men in tights are killing people. And Frost is like, men in tights? He's like, no, 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 no. Mennonites. Mennonites are killing people. <laughs> Frost is like, okay, we'll get on that. We'll get on that. So they find information about where the blonde woman lived. And so they go over there. And before they even go, like, on the porch, Jane spidey senses <laughs> happens. And she looks at the garage. She's like, she's in the car. She's in the car. She automatically assumes that the smoke is from the car exhaust pipe. It could have been a little fire. It could have been something completely different. But she already knows. She knows exactly what's going on. Apparently, she's psychic. And she goes, and the blonde lady is dead in the car. So, yep. The men in tights got her. So we head to the morgue. And they're saying that the blonde woman died from suicide. And Alice comes by with another body, who died, another body that died of meningitis. And he, before he says that, he's like, so I talked to Susie. She said that uh, you're going to join us uh, nude camping. And Jane's like, oh, no, no. No, she's like, I, I can't because my skin burned easily. And Mar's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I love how she says my skin burns e- easily. But when she was showering, she was so tan. I know. Well, Alex was asleep while she was showering. So he, he really didn't pay attention. And I have to say, if Alex is a nudist, he is fucking pale to be a nudist. He does not tan at all. Well, this is a magical Boston. Jane starts putting putting the clues together. She, she's like, another body, meningitis. She's like, oh, it's not men in tights, it's meningitis. She heads to the brick, and she looks at the video, and she's, she's like, that's what he's saying. He's saying meningitis. And apparently all the victims that died from it were pharmacists of some sort of, they worked at some company. But they all either got demoted or fired or something. And it was something about they made a bad flu vac- vaccine. And the reason why they did this, because they wanted to create this uh, class action lawsuit. And so they looking at, well, who's the lawyer? And then it said, oh, that's mighty funny. It's Larry. Same lawyer from the AA meeting. Now, once again, okay, the, this is how I figured out he was the killer. I knew it wasn't a blonde lady because that was too obvious. It wasn't Dana. He wasn't the killer. The lawyer? Yeah. The chick's the one that put the rat poison in his cup. But, okay, well, he wasn't. He was one of the killers then because wasn't he a partner of the thing? Other people sick from the meningitis, I believe. Well, yeah, he worked with them, but... Yeah, but he wasn't the killer. She was the... The blonde chick was the killer. I don't know. It was. I just felt like it was solved so easy. I was like, there's got to be another person. And I remember the lawyer person because he was talking and it's, it was a random person. Just like that cop that was telling the bus driver to move out the way. I was like, I got to remember him because it's, why is he, why is he talking? So I never forgot about the lawyer. So I knew the lawyer had something to do with it. Because once again, why, why he was even in that AA meeting, talking, or whatever. Could have been... And I was the same way, too, because the second they were talking about a class action lawsuit and they needed a lawyer, I was like, um, hello, the Cadillac lawyer, dude. <laughs> like, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, so they head to church at the AA meeting, mm-hmm. and you see Jane Frost and Corsac, and they're going to arrest Larry the lawyer. R- Larry the lawyer. Like, he, they were saying, like, they're going to, in, in his car, 
And he's like, where's the warrant? And so he got the warrant. And he had all the evidence in his car. Yep. What's with fucking lawyers on this show? I don't know, but they're a bunch of dumbasses. I wonder if somebody just has a vendetta against lawyers on this show. They hate lawyers, so they portray them to be really stupid. So they arrest him. And then we head to Morris' place. And the Rizzolis invite Lydia and her mom to dinner. And they're trying to start over again, I guess, as a family. And they want TJ to be a part of both families. Which I thought that was kind of a sweet gesture that they did that. And we now know that Lydia's mom is a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, because Mara offers her a drink. Or wait, did Frankie offer a drink? I can't remember. Frankie. Frankie offered her a drink. She's like, I'll just have water. And you can see, like, she makes, she struggles when she makes that decision. But she says something about, I need that stuff that makes you sick when you drink. Which I, I can't remember what it's called. And Mara says that she will write her prescription. Since when can Mara write prescriptions? I have that same note. I didn't know medical examiner. <laughs> I thought, because I'm pretty sure they can't write prescriptions to their patients because they're dead. Exactly. Oh, you got a headache from shooting yourself in the head? <laughs> Here's some aspirin. It would have been different if she said, well, I can give you a doctor, or I can uh, find a doctor to help you with a prescription or something like that, but... It would have been like, I can refer you to a doctor who will be able to get you a prescription. Yes. But I like, oh, I could, I could write a prescription. Like, she can... Mara can do anything. She has so much power in the show. She can, like... Talk to uh, suspects to see if they're and can tell if they're like uh, either if they're the killer or not. She can deliver babies, perform <laughs> surgery. Now she can write prescriptions. Like, okay, so they're going to eat dinner and JMR. They're talking about all the holidays they're gonna have together with TJ, and that TJ is gonna be a Red Sox fan. Mar saying, "Oh, I'm gonna teach him how to fence." And then Jane teases Mara's like, you know, well, I'm going to teach him how to knit and sew and bead. And and my comment at that scene was, are they talking about TJ or are they talking about a future child together? Ooh, good point. <laughs> good point. Thank you. I didn't think of that. Well, Mara thinks Jane is being not like telling the truth. And she's like, oh, really? Can, can I go to the class? It'll be so much fun. Yeah, let's do that. It's great. And Jane's like, no, no, uh, no. Let's just get this dinner over with. And so they go and they have dinner. And that was the end of the episode. So what was your gay darping? Pretty gay. That's not worth the choices, but... It should be. <laughs> How gay was this episode? Pretty gay. <laughs> um, I would have to put this episode... I would have to probably put it at, uh, she wants me, she wants me not. Why, what's your gay darping? Wait, what's number four? I6 Overload. Mm, and five is I'm surprised they have their clothes. Oh, okay. Can't believe their clothes are still on. Well, they took them off. <laughs> god, that. Oh my god, that's perfect. So it should be five because they did take their clothes off. <laughs> they did take their clothes off. I can't say three because I think three to me is too low because there were so many things that happened. I was like, is this really happening right now? 
That is true. That is true. Maybe I will have to up my Gator ping rating. So maybe we can kind of like edit five to be, I can't believe they put their clothes back on. <laughs> for this for this episode, yes. <laughs> so for this episode, we are changing five from, I can't believe their clothes are still on, to, I can't believe they put their clothes back on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because, okay... You, you have the first scene with them, and it is felt so domestic. I mean, they already passed a domestic point in their relationship, but this is just, like, they're in their pajamas and, like, watching over a baby. It was, it, it honestly, if Tommy wasn't there, it would have been, like, their baby. Which is funny, because I didn't like this whole baby storyline, but if it keeps like this, I think I'd be cool with it. <laughs> Me too. And, you know, and the changing in the car, and then the shower scene and then Jane nude in front of Mara and <laughs> they're talking about raising TJ as a family quotation marks which <laughs> come on Mara's definitely it's like and and it's just Mara looking at Jane with the baby and just all like floating and just I just happy just look smitten face and just like oh my god I want to have your baby <laughs> like See, this is, like, perfect, because this is a dry run for when they have their own kid together. I mean, the funny thing about it is, like, Jane named the baby. It's not her baby. That is true. She did name him. TJ. That This whole episode was pretty, 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 pretty gay. Like I said, the writers for this episode, I really hope that if they do write another episode, that they stay on this track. Because Crazy For You was really bad, but this episode was amazing. It, Like I said, it reminded me of the old Rizzoli and Isles, and I loved everything about it. I don't think there was a single thing that I was like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that again. I really, really liked it. Once again, another episode with Tommy that we like. What is this? It's Tommy. I don't know what it is. Maybe Tommy went from being the bad thing coming between Jane and Mara to now... Tommy is just pushing them together. Even if when when he was coming in between, we were like, is that jealousy from Jay? Like, it's like... Well, true. Well, see, that's the thing. Maybe Tommy brings out the gay in them. (laughs) Yes. He is the Giovanni. Oh, God. That's so fucking true. Oh, which, by the way, I miss Giovanni. Oh, you just brought him up. I miss Giovanni. That's so hot. I I was really worried about this episode because... Coming from the last episode to this, it's like a, it's like a totally different show. It's like, <laughs> it is. It's so true. It really was. There was like nothing recognizable between this show and the last show, <laughs> other than the characters look exactly the same. Yeah, I, 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 I really like this episode. You see, you see, we don't hate every episode. You see what happens when you when you do stuff right. You see what happens when you give us Rizzles and really good dialogue and not a bad murder mystery. We love you for it. I mean, we don't exactly know exactly all the pieces of the case, but that's okay. You know, as long as you had everything else and it, it didn't feel rushed. And, I mean, yes, there were some, they could have been like, they could have took this uh, uh, outbreak a little bit more serious, but at the same time... It could have gone either way, because I kind of like how they did it in a funny way. It wasn't as bad as, like, when Mar met her birth mom and it was funny. That's, that's, that's not funny. That's not funny. 
But this was like a <laughs> a funny way of making something that could be serious in a good funny way. And now that we like this episode, watch next week. We hate it. <laughs> watch. See that's 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 what I'm afraid of. It's like a roller coaster. That last episode was just horrible, and I was I was so mad watching that. And then this episode so good. This episode reminded me why I loved this show and why I, you know wanted to do the podcast and why we had so much fun doing it in the beginning. Not the torturous episode that we are forced to watch to get to this episode. I could tell them probably the majority liked it because you know when people like the show when they talk about it more on the internet, like they talk about it more on Twitter or any other site, and it's it's just like it's pandemonium. But when they hated episode, it's very quiet. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling a lot of fanfic is going to happen from the change in the car and... Ooh, I wonder if Susie the Nudist is now going to be a part of these fanfictions. That's all for this episode. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at The Randy Podcast. Also, visit our blog at therizzolinalspodcast.blogspot.com where you can comment and email. Thank you for listening. And this case is closed. Welcome back to Rizzoli Now. Wow. <laughs> Weird as Sorry about the marijuana I just smoked. What? <laughs> oh, this Long Island iced tea. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It's right through, right through the head. Yeah, so Mara's looking at... <laughs> no barking during the podcast, okay? You can bark all you want after. <laughs> well, I guess that's not barking, technically. <laughs> no. I don't think I'm going to be able to edit her out of the podcast. <laughs> She's going to be an entire podcast. So we should be like, welcome back to the and Alice podcast. I'm Amanda. <laughs> I'm Jay. And that's Cody. <laughs>